The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. Hello, everybody from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Glad to have you with us for a chilly but sunny edition of the show as we talk a lot of Kentucky basketball today. Bill Raftery from CBS. He worked the Kentucky-Notre Dame game last weekend. He'll be on the call at the CBS Sports Classic this weekend in Cleveland for Kentucky and UCLA. Uh, Larry Vaught and the Goose, Jack Givens, former Wildcat legend and... He, of course, is now on our U.K. Network pregame coverage with Dave Baker. So that's our guest lineup for today as we jump right into the Wildcat news of the day with a football note that uh, a lot of people believe it's going to be decision day, either publicly or privately, for an offensive coordinator for the Kentucky football team. Uh, KSR says Liam Cohen or Bush Hamden, uh, the latter of the O.C. at uh, Missouri, the former's uh, QB's coach with the Rams, uh, and then Cats Illustrated says Cohen is, quote, the trending favorite. So we'll see if uh, those reports prove accurate as the day plays out. Uh, don't know that there, I mean, there's no news conference or anything scheduled at this point, but um, all signs uh, pointing to a decision sometime soon, at least on the new um Got to call the shots for the Kentucky offense. Of course, they've got um, to also to um, hire two other slots, an offensive line coach and potentially a quarterback's coach or uh, maybe another position uh, because you had uh, Eddie Grant who coached the running backs and was the co-OC with Darren Henshaw who coached the quarterbacks. So uh, depending on who they hire for OC and who what position that individual coaches, they'll uh, fill out the other slots accordingly. Coach Cal, on his radio show last night, uh, some good nuggets of info out of there. He talked about uh, that they're doing a lot of film work, tape work now, and trying to um, help guys see what they need to improve on. He said they went through and graded every possession in the first half and then in the second half of the Notre Dame game. said it was Ds for both offense and defense in the first half of the Notre Dame game, uh, Bs for both in the second half. Uh, he talked about B.J. Boston, said he's got to be better for Kentucky to be what it wants to be, uh, said that they're showing him tapes of past players. Kevin Knox is one that they mentioned that they want him to, uh, B.J., to to dribble less. Uh, one thing they did with Knox as the season unfolded was uh, start to run him off a lot of screens uh, to catch and show, score, catch and shoot. And we'll see if that's what they end up doing uh, with B.J. to kind of uh, put him in a position where you catch it and see either shoot it or one dribble, pull up, or get to the rim. That's one thing I'd love to see him get to the rim more because he's a good free-throw shooter. Uh, Cal talked a lot about Terrence Clark at the point, how he likes that move, but that he's working with Terrence on developing new habits and learning how to lead the team from the point guard slot. Uh, and he used the word trust a lot for the whole team. So I imagine that's something that will continue to uh, pop up as 
uh, we move along for the Wildcats. Mitch Barnhart talked to an athletics committee, the U.K. Board of Trustees, yesterday about uh, the uh, budget and coronavirus. $35 million shortfall is what they're looking at. Uh, Mitch said they could make that up with SEC revenues, cuts in expenses, etc. They don't anticipate any layoffs or salary cuts or reduction in sports. Um, also, U.K. is looking to sell virtual seats for home basketball games. You can uh, get a couple of things in exchange for purchasing one of those, uh, some commemorative tickets, chances to get in drawings for tickets for future seasons. You can go to UKAthletics.com and uh, get more info on that. And Kyra Elsey, named head coach for the U.K. women's basketball team, removing the interim tag for the job that she's done in her uh, first uh, a few weeks on the job. Miss Kentucky is up to number nine now in the national polls. Get to a break. When we come back, Bill Raftery from CBS will join the program. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. This is the edition of our show. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Bring on Bill Raftery from CBS. He was on the call for Kentucky-Notre Dame on Saturday. And, um, Bill, at at, uh, at halftime, uh, you guys might have wanted to go to an extended pregame for Army-Navy maybe, but uh, it turned out to be a good ball game. Yeah, it sure did. Uh, it showed a lot, I think, in the Kentucky kids, too, because when you're that young and been decimated like that sometimes you just hang your head and and i i haven't talked to cal since although later in the week i think we're going to have another zoom call i i think it was probably more conversational and instructive at halftime maybe you know more about that than i do but uh you know they just sort of got out there and guarded and i, I think the key to this team this year is if they can buy into the defense and and, and let the big guy get a bunch of touches too Olivier Saar, uh, and, and don't be quick to jack up tough shots and try and win it on your own. Probably all the things you've heard Cal say at press conferences. Uh, you know, he's so used to this. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine doing this every year, though, with brand-new kids and trying to get them to uh, forget about, uh, subjugate their selfishness. and uh, Not that they're bad kids, but they've been used to winning on their own. And... Uh, the headlines has always have been about them, and now you're trying to incorporate team and unselfish play, and and sometimes they think they have to make the play uh, to help the team when maybe their judgment should prevail. You know, with Cal, I'm sure he's frustrated, but he's been in the business so long, he's accomplished what he has, so he's very secure in, in who he is, uh, which is all oh, that's wonderful because if you didn't have a guy with that kind of resume coaching here at a time like this one and four at this place with uh, a team with all these new faces i would uh, i would be worried about the ho- the head man yeah i think adolf Rupp could have gotten away with it and after that i'm not so sure who just <laughs> it is amazing though that uh, well we know how meaningful basketball is there and really throughout the country i mean it's it's marquee whenever they're playing and i think that's part of the selling to these kids too is that you know, the guys, it's it's a shot, uh, you know, to beat Kentucky. Let's go. Uh, so they've got that, you know, mark on them, and, and you better be at top of your game if you're Kentucky. It's it's not it's not like you're going to roll it out. They're going to read your press credentials. They're, they're just 
you've got to prove to them that you're better. And, uh, you know, just in terms of being unselfish and playing this together as a team is going to get them there. If they don't, it's going to be a struggle. What did you think of uh, Clark at the point? Uh, you know, it's like anything. Yes, and I think at times, no. Uh, you know, I don't know if you want to do it for 40 uh, because you can't give up on Askew and, you know, going to try and force Vince to be a little bit of a, a combo at times. But, yeah, I mean, he's a talented kid from watching and He gets into the lane. Uh, he's a playmaker. He's got a floater. Uh, he's got a pull-up jumper, a very good handle. So, yes. Uh, but I don't know if that's what they want for 40, and I, I don't know how you feel about that. But I, I do think it was a nice little change, you know, let Askew get a little feel for the game, and, and I think he'll be more comfortable. And we forget how young that kid is, too. I mean, that's amazing that, you know, Devin just, I guess he just turned 18, I think, right. Tom, right? Right, and uh, uh, reclassified you know, you, up, a, up a grade, so he can still be in high school. You're thrown into this incredible program and so much is expected and as we know you know cal really works the point guard i mean he forces them to be an extension of him and uh you know when you're young sometimes you you may listen but you can't commit to what he's saying or you can't perform to that level and and that's where i think he is at this point yeah i mean uh hagan's was a little bit in a similar situation maybe a year older but still having reclassified a couple of years ago but he also had uh, you know, a second year PJ Washington, you know, around him and a few guys right. like that. That helps a lot. And then quickly too, right? I mean, at yeah. the end of the last, didn't he? He had a great end of the year, right? Well, him. I was talking about the year before, actually, when they were both uh, freshmen. But uh, you know, PJ was a second year player that year, and he had uh, Reed Travis, um, you know, having come in and uh, strong personality. So Ashton had a, had a little more help. Um, right. Speaking of guys coming in, uh, obviously, uh, sounds like you're very high on Olivier Saar. Yeah, you know, kids that play in the ACC or any major conference like that and be able to, you know, score his points and do the job and play within himself, uh, he's got an awful lot of good things he can do. You know, it's a, a nice post presence that it gives you. He's, he's very good at running the basket, running the floor. Uh, you know, he's got a touch from outside. He understands how to hold off. Uh, he can make it, you know, yeah, just... Well, you can actually put it on the floor when they run that little elbow overload, uh, particularly when he goes to his right. Uh, he's really effective. But then again, you're throwing him in. He's used to playing with other people. I thought the timing was off terribly in the first half in terms of when the ball was uh, – he was cutting and the ball was going the other way with the dribble or the pass. And I think that's all part of growing as a team. And, uh, you know, the more reps. Uh, the more times you look at a tape and the more times you play high-level opponents, which I guess what they have Louisville after this one. Uh, uh, yeah, after yeah, after this it, next one with UCLA, right. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be – and the one thing about UCLA, they are really guarding well. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, there won't be easy trips, you know, against UCLA. That That's just Mick Cronin's sort of, you know, the way his mantra, you know, they, they got a guard. And, uh, this will be a really good, solid test for them. I mean, if they can get by this one, uh, you know, I think their confidence will grow. But they, they, they need a good win against a good team. Yeah, I would uh, see if you agree. I would think Notre Dame's strength is more offensive than defensive, and uh, it's just the opposite for UCLA. So, you know, for, for Clark, at you know, second game at the point and 
all these guys still trying to work together, this will be a, a tougher challenge from the standpoint of how they're guarded. Yeah, I would agree. I think Notre Dame, uh, their best defense is patience on the offensive end uh, and, and good shot selection. So they're usually balanced on the floor. They don't overload on the offensive glass. So, you know, this, this is a really sound half-court defensive team, UCLA. And, you know, obviously they've always attracted great players. Everybody talks about Chris Smith, but this Jaime Jaquez is playing great, great basketball for them. Uh, he's like a wing, small forward kind of a kid, but a good offensive rebounder. And I, and I guess the key to them is Tiger Campbell, the, the point guard. Uh, you know, he gets everybody involved. He shoots it well. Uh, he's solid, uh, really good getting in the lane. Uh, you know, just makes very good decisions for them. And, you know, I, I guess against Pepperdine, he played 52 minutes and Hawkins played 55. So, uh, you know, they've been under the gun a little bit in some of their early games, losing to San Diego State, obviously. But uh, this will be a really good test. I, I, you know, the big thing is the offensive glass. I think I think they can get some things done, Kentucky. Uh, you know, Cody Riley's a tough kid that plays inside, and Jalen Hill for them. Uh, but I, but I do think they can do some damage on the glass. Uh, Gonzaga, the best team you've seen so far? I would say live, yeah. You know, I, I just, they had a lot of pieces. Uh, I was looking forward to Baylor. We had the Baylor, expected to have the Baylor-Gonzaga game. Uh, they would have to be the second team, although that was mostly tape uh, with them. You know, got that three-guard look and great player in Butler. Uh, so those are the best two I've seen early, anyhow. Bill, appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully we'll get to cross paths at some point this season. And, and thank you for sacrificing working with Mike Pratt all these years. You're, you got a place in heaven. Well, somebody had to do it, so uh, it's my cross to bear. Sounds good. Thank you, Bill. He is a prince of a guy, Bill Raftery. And it's uh, really unfortunate we don't get to cross paths with those guys. He and Mike get them together telling stories is, uh, is a blast for me to just uh, sit there and listen. Bill Raftery of CBS comes to you via the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We talked about Bert Averett with the Colonels and uh, passed over the weekend, and uh, he's one of many great athletes that have come out of Hopkinsville and that Christian County area. Many of them have gone on to play at the University of Kentucky. Well, that is where Kentucky HempWorks is based. It is a family-run operation, three generations of the same family that have been farming this land, and now they're growing hemp and then processing it in their own facility into a variety of products like CBD oil and hemp root salve and hemp seed oil. But they like to say they're more than just CBD. So go check out their videos on their YouTube channel, and you can find out about their operation and about what it could mean, not just theirs, but uh, all the hemp operations around the state, to family farms in Kentucky. They're very active on all the social media platforms, so check out KentuckyHempWorks.com. And we'll be right back on the Leach Report Radio Network. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Twenty-seven past the top of the hour. Back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We bring on Larry Vaught from Vaught'sViews.com by way of Hilton Head, right? That's that's right, Tom. Down here for a little pre-Christmas break. 
Good for you. From the Hilton Head Bureau of uh, VaultsViews.com. It, it, it's very nice, and it's amazing the number of uh, UK fans you run into. Uh, I've met a uh, TV anchor here that's a Kentucky native and a UK fan, a couple of different restaurant owners I've been out to uh, visit, both Kentuckians and Kentucky fans. So it's a lot of folks down this way that are Kentuckians. Any of them interested in asking you about Kentucky basketball? <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing. The conversations here are not much different than the conversations in the bluegrass. So, so no, same concerns, same worries. So you got you're down there with this extra time. Um, gives you time to to think about how to how you can help help Cal get this straightened out. Well, I would suggest maybe he just come down here to Hilton Head and eat some of the food I've been eating because it kind of <laughs> takes the stress off of you. So, but yeah, I, I don't know, Tom. It, it, it's just kind of baffling to me. It's just one of those cases where it seems like right now the individual parts don't equal what you think they should as a team. I mean, you know, sometimes you have teams that seem better than the individual parts. Well, this time the team seems a lot worse than individual parts, and and whether he can figure out exactly how to tinker and put things together and, and change them around, I don't know. And especially on a year where you've got less games to be able to experiment with 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 doing it. And I know practice time helps, but I also think you learn an awful lot from playing games. And they're just not going to have that many games to play to learn and you go right into the SEC and it's it, it's going to be tough but it's hard to imagine when this season started that you would have came to the end of December and said Kentucky faces two almost must win games and I know John would never say that but I think I would No, I mean you look at the they've three non-conference games left UCLA, Louisville and then Texas next month and um, you know if anything less than Two of those three, I would think, uh, is going to be uh, make you real uncomfortable for Selection Sunday. Yeah, it sure is. And probably, as of today, you're an underdog in all three of them, I would think, Yeah, yeah uh, based, no, based on what we've seen so. so far. No, I, I think that's uh, definitely would be the case. Uh, we're coming up on a hard break here at the bottom of the hour, so we'll take that. And we'll come back and continue with uh, Larry Vaught. Talk a little Kentucky basketball. We'll get into a little football as well. It's the Leach Report Radio Network from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. We'll be right back. to a radio you can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com now back to the show larry vaught on the line with us you can read him at vaughtsviews.com follow on twitter at vaughtsviews um we'll shift gears to a little football for a minute larry and um your thoughts on the uh, offensive coordinator search that uh from a lot of reports seems to be winding down yeah it, it seems like mark's cast a pretty wide net and and has talked to some pretty interesting folks. I guess had a little bit of an idea of what he wanted when he went into this, and it seemed to stay pretty open-minded. And I've liked a lot of the names that I have read. I certainly have no insights. Having I've learned sometimes I don't have enough time in the day to try to chase down rumors like this. And when when you're when you're doing it, and Mark's track record's pretty good at hiring coordinators, but I think it's really a good thing if he can get one in place today for for recruiting purposes, even though it hadn't really seemed to impact any of the 
signing Kleist, the fact that they've had coaching vacancies, unless you know something I don't time, I've not seen anybody that's bailed out on them because of the uncertainty of who the coaches might be. So they, Vince, Mara, and Mark have really done a good job of holding the class together no matter who they hire. No, that's uh, definitely true. You haven't seen the one wide receiver defection is uh, about it, I think, at this <coughs> excuse me at this point. You know, I think, I'm guessing you would probably agree with this, that if you, if you polled the fan base that, over 50% would have been okay without making a change at the offensive coordinator spot, uh, yeah, given the kind of a crazy year and everything. And they've had uh, certainly had uh, a lot of uh, success during the time that uh, Eddie and, and Darren were here. Um, so the fact that uh, he is, Stoops is making the change, and uh, it seemed to be certainly a genuinely difficult decision for him to make, and that he is... Um, looking at some um, a variety, as you said, of, of candidates that uh, whether he, um, whether, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, time will tell if it works or not, but he seems genuinely, you know, uh, walking the walk as along with talking the talk on trying to make the offense better. Yeah, I can, I can detect a little skepticism in your mind right there, kind of like there is in, in mine, and also about whether it's going to, how it's going to work. And, and again, the offense was pretty darn good last year with Lynn Bowden playing a quarterback. I mean, well, it doesn't make sense. That's not what, the thing that's is, not I think, you want, but it worked. I think, uh, Mark's, uh, rep, uh, is, you know, a conservative guy who's not going to, you know, take bold, not going to take bold chances. And yet, he is doing something here that is not the most conservative path. So that, I just I yeah. find that interesting. Yeah, I, I'm with you on, on that time because the easy thing, Dave, would be just to stay where you are and say so we're just going to work on it and fix it. And I think, as you said, a lot of fans would have been okay with that, especially older fans who have watched a lot tougher times at UK than what the last few years have, have been. And I think younger fans maybe want to see a little bit more explosive-type offense and again, I'm kind of in that boat. I just like wins. And Mark's done a pretty good job of winning. And I do think it was a hard choice that he made with what he decided with Eddie and, and Darren. Cause I think they're both really stand up guys and got along well. And it's just sometimes in this business, it's a tough thing to do. And I, I hope it's going to, hope it's going to work. It, 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 it's going to have some, uh, they'll have some learning pains, I'm sure, with no matter who it is. But again, sometimes change is good. Sometimes it's not. We'll find out. But Mark's track record of hiring coordinators has been pretty good at Kentucky. No, you're right. Uh, let's talk about a football recruit that you wrote about at vaudsviews.com. Uh, our friend Freddie Maggard uh, really uh, talked up this guy in one of his posts at KSR as well. Chauncey Magwood, uh, wide receiver that's coming in in this class, certainly a position of need. Yeah, it makes me feel better if Freddie talked good about him too because I've heard different things about him and I've watched some video on him and all like that. And he's obviously not got the hype locally of Dakel Crowdis, a four, four-star guy out of Frederick Douglass, and that makes sense. And then Christian Lewis, the other receiver commit, seems to have had a lot of people paying attention to him because he's made some spectacular plays. But when you look at uh, Maygood, I mean, he kind of reminds you of another guy that came in a few years ago Three really good years at receiver. Helped his team win a lot of games. Moved to quarterback this year. His team has just kept right on winning. They're in the state semifinals this week. He started, I think, this will be his 57th straight game in four years to start. Very versatile 
athlete, uh, very skilled. Coach is convinced that playing quarterback this year will help make him a better receiver in college because it's giving him a different feel for what goes on. And Coach thinks he's physically ready to play as a freshman. So I'm thinking that's kind of what Lynn Bowden's coach used to talk about and all like that. And not saying he'll be Lynn Bowden, but it made me pay enough attention. His coach really, really obviously cannot say enough good things about this young man. I think if you watch some of his video, you'll be pretty impressed. He's got over 2,000 yards as a receiver, but like I say, moved to quarterback this year, and his team's back in the state semifinals and have a chance to win its third state title in four years. Speaking of uh, high school football title games, uh, they are coming up this weekend at Kroger Field for all six classes. Obviously for you, Danville-Boyle County is a big story. Beyond that, local angle for you, what's uh, the most interesting storyline to the weekend? Well, well, to me, it does involve Boyle County, but it involves the fact that uh, Franklin County is going to be their opponent in the state championship game. I thought it would be Johnson Central. Franklin County went there and won, not only just won last week, but won in a convincing fashion. And all I'd heard all season, I hadn't seen Johnson Central in person, but I'd heard that Johnson Central was even better and more physical than what they were last year when they beat Boyle County. So to me, Franklin County is one of the real kind of, Surprise! I know some of my friends that are Franklin County fans don't think I should be calling a Cinderella story because they think they've been that good all season, and they might have been, but I still think that most of us in the state, that's been a little bit of a, uh, well, more than a little bit, it was a pretty big surprise when they won the way that they did. And then I think also the fact that Owensboro matching up against Bowling Green in the 5A game, I think that's a pretty intriguing matchup too. So I think, but, but all the games look like they could be really good this weekend, so it's a it's a good set of games for the state football finals. A uh, piece of news yesterday, Kyra Elsey gets the interim tag removed from her head coaching title. You like that move? I, I do. I've been a big Kyra fan ever since I used to watch her play at, at Oldham County and thought she, at the time she was the best female basketball player I'd seen play in Kentucky High School uh, basketball, and I think she's done a good job anywhere she's been as a coach. I think she was well-respected and trusted by Matthew Mitchell. I think the players, all the players I know, really, really like her. And I think what she did before she even got the full-time tag of uh, suspending her All-American Potential Player of the Year to start the season, I think that sent a message that, yeah, Kyra can handle this, and she's not afraid to make a decision that might might seem unpopular. It might be tough on her. And I think if you've got a coach, that's the kind of coach you want, and I think she could be here for a long time. Yeah, no, I think that that makes a lot of sense that that was an early test. You know, uh, sometimes players will test coaches, especially new ones, and to see, you know, how how far you can stick a toe over the line. And she uh, responded immediately. Yeah, yeah, you can't even get to the line, what it sounds to me like. So, and of all players have done, I would not have thought that would have been a case with Ryan Howard, but I mean, it just shows that anything can happen. But again, Ryan seems have learned with it, took, took it fine, and Kyra made the decision that if you're going to run a program long-term, I mean, if you're coming to that program and you say, well, here's what she did with Ryan Howard, she'll sure do it with me. I think if I was Mitch Barnhart, I could not have wanted anything better for her to pass the test before I gave her the full-time job. Well, Larry, safe travels on your way back home. Thank you much. All right, Tom. As Larry Vaught on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We'll take a quick break. Jack Gibbons will join us when we come right back on the Leach Report Radio Network. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. 
quarter before the top of the hour. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. Back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline we go to bring on the goose, Jack Givens, UK basketball legend, and he's now part of our pregame show coverage with Dave Baker on the UK Network. And uh, Jack, uh, your teams here in your time at Kentucky, 75 season through the 78 season, uh, I was looking back today. You guys only had one um, patch where you, you had – uh, a rough start or uh, a, a losing streak, and that was the 76 team that started. I uh, was looking, uh, lost three of the first five, had a couple, I think a three-game losing streak uh, kind of midway through conference play, and you guys came out of that, had a long winning streak to end the year, and uh, won the NIT when that was a much more meaningful accomplishment there in 76. So, uh, that was your only, I guess, uh, taste in your college days with what these guys are going through now. Different times, obviously, no social media, whatever. But um, it's something you got to fight through, isn't it? You really do, Tom. Um, and it's um, a whole lot more difficult than a lot of people would think. Um, we were just coming off of a year where we'd made it uh, to the final game. We lost to UCLA, so expectations were uh, through the roof going into that season. Um, we we lost the first couple of games, and as you say, we struggled early. Uh, we were even 10-10 and 10 at one point during that season, and um, talking about becoming, uh, the talk was we would be uh, uh, the first team in who knows when to finish under 500 uh, uh, that season. But you're right, we won the last 10 ball games of that year, won an NIT that was very competitive, as good as a lot uh, of the uh, uh, teams in the NCAA tournament that year, and it turned out to be a great year. But, yeah, you just have to stay with it, take your lumps early, and, and hopefully finally you'll figure it out. What did you see in the second half on Saturday that, you know, it's – there's nothing good about being one and four or any way to you know try to to make it look better than it is. But uh, did you see some things that gave you, as Cal mentioned, reason for hope after that game? Uh, yeah, you know, Tom. Um, you know, we had not seen uh, how this team must play to be the best that they can be until the second half of uh, that game against Notre Dame. I mean, you'd seen flashes of it. Uh, and then you try to stay with those flashes, and it turns into extended periods where uh, the team uh, struggled to score points. I mean, you know, five, seven, four, eight minutes where they don't score. So we had not seen it. I think now we have seen a little bit of how this team must play to be their best, and that, of course, means running more offense through Olivier Sarr, who – uh, did a really good job and made some really good decisions. Now, uh, you're going to see teams take that next step and start double-teaming him and see how he throws out of double-teams and all the things that uh, good teams are going to – the adjustments they're going to make. So Kentucky's going to have to make adjustments. But I think that kind of proved to be the best way. The offense finally flowed. It was smooth. Got some easy baskets. Also got some transition baskets, which – we had not done uh, very well over the course of this season. So, yeah, I saw a lot uh, that uh, leads me to believe uh, this team can play like we kind of thought they would going into the season. Would you think teams, one of the things that opposing teams will try to do is maybe be more physical with Olivier? That's not really the MO for Notre Dame. 
yeah, you know, I I uh, had watched Olivier Saar a little bit, and and kind of first thing came to my mind was that um, he was a, a little bit thin. I mean, he he's not uh, he's six ten, six eleven, but he's not one of those two fifty uh, pound two hundred fifty pound guys that. You normally a lot of times see with uh, a guy his size. I was hoping that uh, we would see some of that Nate Sestina. If you remember him when he came in, he was not what he was after going through a summer of working out and been on the weights, and he put on that muscle. I was hoping to see some of that. Of course, COVID happened, and that did not happen for Olivier. But, yeah, they're going to get more physical. They're going to slap at the ball more, see what kind of hands he really has. All of that kind of stuff is going to happen. And, of course, they're going to double up on him, as I mentioned. So uh, we'll see how how much he can adjust for sure. How did you like uh, Clark being at the point? Um, I liked it for the most part. Uh, We're going to have to be patient with him. Listen, that point guard spot is the toughest spot on the floor. I mean, it just is because that point guard not only – has to know what he's supposed to be doing, but he has to know what everybody else is supposed to be doing. He has to direct. He has to make sure everybody's in in the places they need to be. So that makes it a very difficult spot to learn. And coming coming into this level of basketball and have to kind of learn it on the fly is really, really difficult. So we're going to have to be patient. He's going to make some mistakes. And that's okay as long as he learns from those and their aggressive mistakes. You got to live with it. But I think he's going to cause teams a whole lot of problems once he figures that spot out. Yeah, to me, you've got to find ways, you know, football or basketball to stress the defense to cause them to have to, you know, make some adjustments because of something you're you're doing well. And um, you know, Kentucky in those earlier games was not really doing that. They were um, not. You know, not uh, scoring a lot of points. They got 37 points in the second half on Saturday. That's the, you know, that's the kind of, you know, you double that. That's the range they need to be in instead of scoring in the low to mid 60s. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes to transition basket. Uh, you know, I, I know we Kentucky's kind of been a half court team and with a team that doesn't shoot the ball extremely well or hasn't to this point i do think they're going to make shots they make a lot of shots in practice so i only think that's a a matter of time before that translates over into the game but when i was struggling i would always try to do one of two things number one i'd try to get out on the break and get an easy one in transition or I would try to attack the basket and end up getting to the free throw line so I could get confidence there. We saw some of that in the second half of the Notre Dame game. Uh, we saw Kentucky force some turnovers. We saw the defense finally get to where it was aggressive with three, four minute stretch at a time, which makes, uh, makes that transition game so much easier. Now you have confidence. Now you make a shot or two from the outside. Uh, ask you that shot that he made from the corner. I, I was, you know, that three-point shot at a time that was critical. I was so happy for that young man to, to see that shot go in. Uh, boy, I just saw his face 
just brighten up, and <laughs> it's those kind of plays that that just can't you you have to have when you're struggling. So we'll see more and more of those kind of plays. But you're right that the defense that zone is going to stay packed back in there until some good shots, either in transition or uh, inside out, start to happen more often, and defenses have to loosen up some. Jack, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom. That's Jack Givens. You hear him with uh, Buzz Baker on the pregame show, which will start at 1230 Eastern on Saturday. And his point about Askew is a good one. But I would just add, I was really uh, just impressed by how he handled being asked to play a different role. I didn't see any negative body language at all. He seemed very positive, energetic defensively, embraced the role of, of guarding Hub when he was in there, made a big shot. So uh, I was glad to see that for Devin. We'll be right back to wrap up this edition of the Leach Report. This day in Wildcat history presented by the new Rave On app. 1979, number five Kentucky took down number one Indiana 69 to 58, Kyle Macy was the leading scorer. Only 12 points as uh, he led a balanced attack. Uh, Wildcat birthdays, Kentucky basketball star Thad Jarrett uh, celebrating a birthday today. And David Hopewell, center on a couple of great Kentucky teams in 76 and 77. Happy birthday to David. Uh, Gene uh, emails, uh, he says, I think by playing Clark at the point, it makes it easier to put Brooks in the starting lineup. Uh, Gene says that Cal needs to start Boston, Jackson, Saar, Brooks, and uh, Clark. I don't think that will be the, the starting group when Keon comes back. I think it will be Brooks or Jackson. Uh, there will be times maybe when they play you know, those two and Saar together, but I don't think uh, it would be long stretches. I don't think I think um, it's either Brooks or Jackson. One of those two would start. The other would come off the bench, would be my guess. Um, Steve says, will there be a live feed on football signing day? I would assume so through UK Athletics. Com. Uh, so I'd say you'll be seeing something about that soon. Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, the team that is number one on the first four out list, the Kentucky Wildcats. Just serves to underscore how huge these next two non-conference games are for the Cats. Have a good day, everybody. We'll talk Thanks to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leechreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on The Leech Report, 